Who watches The Watchmen? We do! Welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Tara, and we are going to talk about Watchmen Season 1, Episode 9. It is called See How They Fly. And it is, of course, the season finale. This is the end of the story. And, you know, I, I, you know, I heard... Uh, a week or two ago that Lindelof apparently hasn't planned anything past season one and having seen the finale that makes sense if this is the end of the story like, I, I mean I can all, I can see options for going forward if they do want to continue mm-hmm. it but this does definitely feel at the end so uh, so I think I heard him say that that maybe Kugler like if he had to recommend somebody for <laughs> season two would be Kugler and you know that would that would be like a dream come true. Did he actually say <laughs> this, or are you just is this just like you projecting? Did I dream it? No, I'm pretty sure he said it. Okay, I don't like if somebody would because he he had said that he he wasn't going to do a season two even if it was renewed. Mm-hmm. But like maybe Ryan Coogler could do it. I swear I heard it. Yeah, I'm okay. All right. <laughs> sources uh sources are questionable, but. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah so, I am a Kugler super fan. <laughs> so, full spoilers for the episode, of course, and in fact, the whole season at this point uh, for Watchmen season one. So, uh, we start off with some extended sort of build-up flashbacks, uh, sort of confirming some details that I think we were kind of. I mean, we, we didn't definitively guess in the sense that we said it's definitely this thing, but we definitely theorized about a lot of the stuff that pops up in the first chunk of this episode. Although, I don't know. I, I, the one thing we did, never did guess, though, the one thing that I am sure we never pondered ever was that the gold statue of uh, Vite was literally actually him. No, I forgot that detail, but once it happened I went, oh, duh. He was here all along. Um, and it kind of confirms that that crash landed in the farm back in that flashback with Lady True was also, that was him landing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, we see kind of a flashback to 1985. Vite's recording the 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 message that he leaves for for uh, Redford. Redford, and we follow this cleaning lady, um, Vietnamese cleaning lady, who goes into his office and does a little bit of you know a little bit of tinkering on the computer. And sure enough, this 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 painting behind the Alexander the Great moves, and there's like this this fridge of. Did of... you like that the password was the same password that was in the comic? I don't know why. I liked it. <laughs> I actually didn't notice what the password was. Uh, Ramesses the second. Ah, okay. That's a nice touch. Uh, yeah. So she goes in and she's pulling out all these little, you know, little test tubes that are sealed. Specimens of something. It's got a number on it. And I'm like, is that jizz? That looks like yeah. jizz. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what I love about this though? If she puts like, uh, like, a, like a fake one back in and I actually laugh mm-hmm. when she did this because I have thought me- I have thought this many a time that if you get like white hand wash, it does actually look all like jizz. Like it's the closest I could think of that yeah, actually- Yeah, my toner does also. Every time I use my toner, I'm like, hmm, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's especially funny because like, you know, you get the hand wash and it's actually, it squirts out the bottle. So like, yeah, I'm a bit of a, like a 12 year old. Every time I like, squirt the hand wash, I'm like, oh, it just squirts. Mm-hmm. Right, let's wash the hands. Um, so I, I'm not sure how scientifically sound the, this next part was, but she, she put it into a, uh, an injection uh, gun and yeah a turkey baster what's the <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh, did, did you see I can't, way, I can't even say it because it's a spoiler for the movie let's just say that was in a movie in the last couple of years yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yes that's exactly what I'm referring to yeah um she, yeah, she, she shoves it you know <laughs> where where sperm's supposed hoo-ha. to go? Yeah, in her hoo-ha, <laughs> yes, and injects herself. Uh, although my favorite part of this was not even just the, the odd visual of this middle-aged Vietnamese woman like sort of putting her legs up and like his computer chair and like you know shoving it up her skirt. It was actually the way she looks up at Alexander the Great and just says "F you, Vite," and then injects it. Yeah, and like, yeah. I thought that that was a uh, a painting of Vite last week but it's Alexander the Great, which makes sense. Uh, to be fair, I thought it was too until later on in the episode uh, they mentioned mm-hmm. who it was. So you're not you're not alone on that. Uh, and from there, we have a scene in 2008, which is notably one year before Manhattan went to see Vite uh, last episode in the flashbacks. So this is right before. And, it, you know, because we, we said, oh, maybe Lady True told him that uh, Manhattan was on Europa because he said a little elephant told him. Turns out that was mm-hmm. correct. Uh, she does tell him. She shows up in Antarctica. 
and just knocks on the door and he's like, I don't care how hard it was to get here. I'm not, I'm not speaking to fans. And, and he said, and you can't use my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> what a type of... <laughs> like, don't get me wrong it's not like anyone's around to watch you do it on the ground but it's also so cold that you'd probably freeze your parts off so um <laughs> you know it's a dick move is what i'm saying so probably it was a long trip to get there also yeah yeah um so but she kind of talks her way in by appealing to his hubris which is thematically important for later in the episode she says hey you killed th- you know three million people but it was a genius move so it was, you know, that was the smartest thing to do. Like only, only the world's smartest man could have thought that. And of course, after saying that, he's like, "Oh, would you like to come in for a cup of tea, maybe?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, they both know what he is. Yeah, they know that he's a narcissist and he needs praise. Yeah, uh, which is something obviously that was set up wonderfully last episode, and mm-hmm. they they come in uh, and they're talking, and she kind of like slowly reveals uh, who she is. And eventually, you know, he's like saying, oh, I've got this plan to uh, steal Manhattan's power. Um, I just can't afford to do it. Uh, so I was hoping you'd float me. I think it was like $42 billion. <laughs> like a ridiculous sum of money. <laughs> and he's like, why Why would I give you a handout? You know, why would you expect that? And she's like, because I'm your daughter. And he's like, that's preposterous. <laughs> I've never given myself to a woman. I, I, I don't have distractions like women. Like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> like, I don't do that nonsense. And she's like... Wasn't it Rorschach who suspected that Veidt was gay in the, in the comic? Yeah, I think he's he just implying that he's never been with anyone. Like, he just doesn't... Yeah. Yeah. Submit to it. Because he says something like, oh, I suspected homosexual. Must look into that later or something like that. Mm-hmm. I guess distracted by the murder investigation. Uh, which is always obviously... Chose to be celibate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, who knows? Maybe for the, right. for the most arrogant of reasons as well. <laughs> like, I'm too yeah. good for this. I, I'm not going to let a woman distract me, uh, or if if it was gay, a man, like, whatever. But like, I'm not going to let. I think that comes from before Alexander the Great too. I think there's like some kind of Greek or Roman mythology of like a man who was so beautiful and all the women wanted him, so he just ran into the woods because he couldn't handle all the women <laughs> and all the praise all the time and he was he knew that he was too beautiful to pass his seed on so he just like had sex with men or something in the woods i think it's a roman thing i think it comes from like ovid or something i'm not making it up you sure it wasn't just some late night movie in a hotel one one year <laughs> i mean <laughs> i don't the- want to the, I don't the, want to elaborate the, on that joke. The Bear Witch Project. I wonder what this is like. <laughs> oh, it's a gay porn. I'll just keep watching. Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, I'm already like into the story at this point. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so so she reveals this and even gives her number. And that's what he refers to her. She's like, oh, number, you know, 4267 or whatever it is. And he says, I will never, ever refer to you as daughter. And it was at that moment... And I remember, I'm pretty sure you guessed this. Did you guess this back when, when the message was I, written? We talked about it. I don't know yeah. if it was me or just like back and forth between us. We definitely, yeah, we definitely talked about the idea that the D, because we saw the first word, the next, the first letter of the next word was D, you know, save me D something. And obviously the obvious red herring there is some people thinking Dr. Manhattan. Um, and as soon as he said that though, I'm like, oh, obviously he wrote Dar. That, that, like, cause we were already theorizing that she was the one that he was trying to send a message to because she has yeah. satellites and shit um, and you know that's how she knows he's on Europa blah blah and all I could think was and I, I even loved the small detail that the time's so precise where she's like oh in five years and whatever many days that's when the satellite will eventually get there and have a look and he's like, so he knows he has to make that date <laughs> when he wants to get off to send his message um, but like as soon as he said that I'm like oh obviously he says that's, that's the dramatic thing that makes it work that makes it have give it impact is that it's not just you know save me la 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 like it's no it means something because mm-hmm. he's, he's he's actually giving in and calling her daughter and it would take a lot of bodies to write out the word daughter <laughs> it would be seen from space it would and she noticed she's like is that daughter uh, uh, bodies you've made that obviously this is later that's not this scene but uh she, she mentions that uh and yeah, so so that's obviously because I mean, we we were theorizing as well, like you know, is she pro Manhattan? Is she anti Manhattan? Well, that was the only thing that was keeping me from thinking that it was daughter was just that that's mm. such a long word to to write out. Like you would want something brief, like maybe doc or doctor or hey, something. A lot of Phillips and a lot of a lot of 
Crookshanks. Crookshanks, thank you. <laughs> Crookshanks. My, my, my only disappointment in the next part is when he's leaving to, on the ship, is that, that that final Crookshanks kind of leans in and kisses him on the cheek. I just, I, I really wanted him to say, like, goodbye, Miss Crookshanks, and as, as he went on, but he never did. He just stayed silent. He, he gave it a, a silent, you know, solemn goodbye. Yes. I just realized that, I mean, the, the litter box is out of frame. But my cat's like taking a dump right now, and you can see the cat. So I'm covering it with a towel. <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, "Why are you holding a towel all of a sudden in a really weird way?" Yeah. It's like it's like you're modeling it. You're like, "This is a towel. You can get buy it for nine ninety five. <laughs> Order it now." It is chocolate mocha <laughs> plus P and P. I was trying to escape. Um. So yeah. So we we you, we come forward again, uh, and it's like. A year after the scene from last episode, it's been a year since he got the horseshoe, and you know I even joked, "Well, it's going to take him to take me dig out." So in the year since he got the horseshoe, he has he has built up or dug himself a tunnel uh, out to out to outside, and he, he hears the the ship coming down. He gets all excited. He grabs his horseshoe and he goes out of his tunnel, and of course, I'm like the game. The game warden's going to show up and like try and stop him, right? That's what's going to happen. And sure enough, he comes out. Uh, all the other Phelps and Crookshanks kind of come out and sort of line up and whatnot. Um, and the game warden shoots him, but it doesn't actually hurt him. Like it puts him down, but it's like it's not like a lethal bullet. And oh, I think it is. Is it? Does it just it happen is, in the mail? We know from the Watchmen comic that Adrian learned how to. Stop a bullet with his hand. Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's his old tricks. See, this is why it's good you reread it right before the show started, because that's a detail I yes, forgot. I reread it. Okay, you watched the motion comic, but same difference. You refresh the information. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so so we have this standoff, and like Vite has to kind of kill him. You know, he stabs him with a horseshoe. Uh, for you know some some poetic irony and he's holding him and Phillips is you know asking him like why did you make me wear a mask and it's like wait he made him wear a mask this wasn't like because obviously before we were thinking like he calls him master yeah well, the Manhattan looks and it's like no no this entire like thing is Vite and Vite admits here that well I want you know masks make people you know angry they hide all this stuff and I wanted a worldly adversary masks make men cruel make men cruel that was it yeah and I wanted a worldly adversary and as he's dying this Phillips this poor Phillips is like and was I a worldly adversary and he's like no (laughs) I think this is the very first Phillips too yeah, it's the very first one, uh, and then he just sort of flips him over, and Phillips is just lying there dead, and he just tosses him aside. He's like, I mean, you're you put on a sh- good show. He just flips him, and that's it. And it reminds me in the the, the comic as well. It reminds me of the first uh, the issue of Rorschach's journal, his speech, where he says, you know, everyone will look up and you know, help you know, you know I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. line, but you know, please help us or save us, and I'll whisper, no, no, yeah, like it reminded <laughs> me of that. It actually reminded me of that moment, and I don't know if that was intentional or if it was just like a like a you know, coincidence, but like it, it did remind me of that. Uh, the way he just sort of disregards him. Uh, I guess so. I, I didn't make that connection, but I think it was mostly just because of the comedy was working for me. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that there's any thematic relations between them. Really, it's just more just like a like you remember that moment where he says no. It's a big moment in the book, and I think. Oh yeah. This yeah. is like a just a, a nice little think, link to it. Did, didn't that come up earlier in the show? Where someone said that they would say no if they people were asking them for help. Maybe we're nine episodes in, so I don't remember. I don't remember. But uh, yeah, so he, you know, he, he lets him die, and he goes into the ship, and the ship takes off almost instantly, and he's like kind of panicking. He's like, "Oh, what do, what do they hang on to?" And he's told to go to a little chamber thing, a little cryo sleep kind of thing. Although it actually coats him in gold and freezes him in gold so he's a statue cut yeah. to now and we have him being wheeled into the you know the resuscitation chamber or whatever they've got uh, so he's been there the whole show he's been there in Lady True's place and they're just waking yeah. him up now um, that's why he looks so old <laughs> uh, apologies for the windows noise that just happened uh, one of my USB devices decided to unplug itself uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do do do, uh, so he wakes up and he's kind of shivering and cold. And Lady True is just like, "Oh, that must have really taken a lot out of you to, uh, you know, give in and call me daughter." 
um, you must really be humbled by your experience up there. Like, you know, she's really rubbing it in. And I even love that he tries to tell it, oh, Manhattan's here. He's impersonating someone. He's like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I've known that for months. <laughs> like, I've known that for a while. <laughs> That's not new information. Uh, and it's just there. So, and, and she says, I only brought you here so that you could witness me achieve. Because uh, one of the things that he said to her was, uh, you know, I had to like, you know, build everything from nothing. You know, he he gave away his family's fortune so he could build from scratch. And I actually remember that detail from the book. And she's like, so I built this from nothing and I want you to see it realized. So it's her own hubris. As again, we're back to the hubris yeah. of both of them. Well, she said that the only, when she met him, that she wanted to meet the, the smartest man in the world because she was the smartest woman in the world. Mm. So she sees herself like on the same plane as Adrian Veidt. Yeah, it's it's almost like Adrian seeing Light. a version of himself has actually made him realize, oh shit, <laughs> maybe 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 oh, shit, I'm an asshole. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have <laughs> been the way I've been all this time. Uh, so yeah, so that kind of brings us up, and then of course we have uh, the, the the you know we go to Laurie and the Seventh Calvary, uh, Cyclops, and they're, they're they've got the big chamber ready. Uh, Kane's making speeches. Um, we Looking Glass makes his kind of appearance, and he doesn't take off the mask, but he's like, "Hey, Laurie, like when the time's right, I'll get us out of here." <laughs> like, um, if I have any complaints about this episode, actually, it's that I don't feel like he got his big hero moment. I was kind of expecting like a big moment where he like ripped off the mask and was like, "Nah, there he is to save the day." He never quite had that. Yeah, me too. Especially if Lindelof has never been planning a season two for yeah. the show, then like. Like maybe if they were saving him more for season two, then he would be like more of the center of it. But he didn't have have it. Like, and even Laurie was like, "Now's a good time. Now's a good time." <laughs> and <laughs> it still never happened. Yeah, instead he just takes it off because he has to vomit. Like the like, like later on, this is kind of a really. He's like, well, let's just see where this goes. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really pathetic sort of intro, uh, which isn't. I don't mean pathetic in a writing sense. It was, but it was pathetic for a, yes, in a character sense. Like he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's not making definitely. this grand entrance. He's like, oh, vomiting. Uh, Especially when she all of a sudden like sort of had some respect that he was there infiltrating, mm. and she was like, oh, good, mirror guys here. <laughs> Maybe I'll be saved, and. So, so that's kind of overlaps with the stuff from the end of last week. You know, we hear that over the walkie-talkies, uh, the others been like, "Oh no!" Like we're you know, Abar shooting that as and and oh, Manhattan's exploding his, and he's like yelling, "Fire it, fire it!" And sure enough, Manhattan appears in the cage they've built out of the metal that the watch <laughs> they he had. I forgot about the lithium yeah. batteries. <laughs> yeah, so they had to melt down like. Uh, a gazillion old watches I think was the phrase he used <laughs> maybe it was a bazillion I don't know some made up number <laughs> just to mm-hmm. build this cage a mechazillion and they've got like you know all, all the, the, the a godzillion very good they've got all their their heads of uh, Cyclops there he's making a grand speech as he's stripping to go into the chamber and I love what that did he, he reveal he's got the Manhattan panties on Someone's got a hero complex, right? (laughs) (laughs) And even when he's speaking to Laurie, he's like, I'm about to be the most powerful man on the planet. I think waving my dick in everyone's face is a bit much. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, well, you look ridiculous (laughs) in those underpants. Uh, There is kind of a beauty to, like, the 7th Cavalry just essentially being a joke in this episode where they're just, like... Oh, yeah. They never had a chance. Like, they're just defeated easily. Like, but A, by their own stupidity and then by laser beams <laughs> uh, so um, oh it's so beautiful it's beautiful uh so of course angela like tortures one of the the rorschach guys to like come and find you know where this is all happening she shows up um obviously i love laurie's reaction when manhattan appears in front of her and she's like mm-hmm. john like this is the first time she's seen him in like 30 yeah. years you know this is a big deal <laughs> and he looks slightly different and there's even a moment later when he's like kind of like confused and he's like running through different like moments because he's obviously experiencing different things there's one point where he actually says one of the lines that he said to laurie in the book there's a, a little yep. moment taken from there which i really liked um Me i too. can't i can't believe how good a sequel this is to the book like it'd be so easy to just adapt it but they said no we're gonna do we're gonna a save sequel this to the end but like i think this is i think this is so well written and like so like it's just such a beautiful sequel you know like it's it's done so there, there's a hope in it. Watchmen a... Is, is put on a pedestal for a reason and i think this show the fact that it has the balls to like try to uh, be a sequel to that and then 
doing such a good job at it, like alone, makes it worthy to be on its own pedestal. No, I, I was never that impressed with the, the Zack Snyder movie, but I think the existence of this makes it look a million times worse. You know, it kind of does. Like, I was okay with the movie because, I, I mean, it, he does a pretty good job of just taking it like frame by frame and putting into a film frame by frame and with a couple exceptions that at the time seemed like a good idea and uh, now not so much like now I, I've always thought the movie was kind of soulless I know I think we talked about this yeah. during the episode I, I don't know like, I don't know if I said this I've definitely said this to you before uh, when we're talking about movies I don't know if I said that in one of the watchmen so I'll keep this brief in case I have said this before in these watchmen reviews but there's a reason why the cycle remake fails so miserably is because yeah, we I think we talked about it during the episode one. Was it? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just reiterate this briefly. So like they did a shot for shot remake, but the way movies are made is that you you get a lot of coverage and you sort of like it reforms again. Like when you're on set, you have new ideas, you do new things. When you're in the edit mm -hmm. room, you pick from different shots. You maybe even flip things the way you didn't do them before. And the studio, you, you do a lot of tinkering throughout, and there's a lot of artistic uh, manipulation as you go through the whole process. Right. That's what filmmaking is, and I think. Adapting a comic book frame by frame, just like adapting Psycho frame by frame or shot by shot, uh, like the movie yeah. did, just leads to kind of a soulless thing because it's like it's against what filmmaking right. kind of is. Like it is, this it is the Watchmen movie, the Zack Snyder movie, is an example of what happens when you just take the surface part of the Watchmen, which is just the imagery and the cool dialogue, and put it onto a screen. But I think the Watchmen show is what happens when you take the spirit and dare I say it, the soul of the Watchmen and you just make new art out of it. Yeah. No, that's that, why this is working for me. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, mean, I, I guess the most basic example to compare this to would be there's someone who can draw and then there's someone who can trace and the trace might yeah. look pretty decent because it's a trace job, but the, the drawings are always going to have more expression in them. Yeah. Um, well, you're trying to one up me. I thought he nailed it. <laughs> I'm not trying to one up. I'm just trying to look simple because, I mean, I've seen that in comic books. There's like a couple of artists who have been accused over the years of tracing things, and you can actually see it. You can kind of tell there's kind of an unnatural look to it because they just take. Uh, there was one guy in particular, mm. uh, uh, I think it was Greg Land, who was like straight up, like, kind of like, like, not even just accused, like, people kind of found the images and kind of proved that he'd done it, but he'd, he'd like trace porn stars for some of the female characters um for their expressions and it was like there's a reason why these look really weird in the book where they look, they're all constantly making no faces and like <laughs> things like that you know so like um weird yeah so it must have took a lot of research <laughs> uh, went through a lot of kleenex boxes i think as he was uh, working hey, on his work i think this guy is tracing porn artists i better uh check <laughs> check the tapes <laughs> <laughs> Oh come on! You say that. I bet you the people who like were able to make the comparisons just recognized things. They're like, wait a minute, I've seen well, that I face. We know the people who are reading it. <laughs> hey, hey! Don't lump everyone. Don't lump everyone in. How dare you? How dare you? Um. So I love how we went from Watchmen stands on top of like art form and it's this, this spiritual thing to comic books are for porn lovers. Like, that's that's what the conversation started there and ended with all comic book readers watch lovers. porn. I just said, you know, I implied a type. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, anyway, the, so we've got Manhattan caged and he's kind of freaking out. Um, again, Laurie's reaction to all of this is, is wonderful. Angela shows up. There's a bit of a standoff. Um, and Angela tries to talk them down. And she's not even like, she even puts a gun down and says, hey, and, and he's still being a racist dick because he, he says something like, you know, I'll put you down like the, the black, whatever that you are. Like, I don't want to repeat it. But, um, and she's like, look, Lady True knows you're going to do this. Well, wait, wait, wait. Lori says, okay, to the mirror guy, like, you got to fucking kill him now. Oh, excuse me. You got to kill him. <laughs> <Bleep>. <laughs> After he says it, which was kind of a nice touch. Yeah. I just wanted, I wanted to not skip by that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was a good touch. There, you're right, because it was right after he said the really racist line. You're right. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but then and he's like, yeah, but then what? Like all these other guys with the guns is going to shoot me. <laughs> like this is not a good moment. Uh, he's got a point. Strategically, this is not a good moment. Um, but, yeah, they don't want to just die. <laughs> yeah, but Angela's got her gun down, and she's like, no, Lady True knows you're going to do this. She told me that it's going to happen in an hour, and it's going to fail. She's got her own plan. Uh, she she's already got like things, and again, she she's got her information from Will who's got his information from Manhattan. As we, and as we find out later, Manhattan 
you know, did t- tell Will, like, hey, I want you to make sure this plan happens because he knows he has to end this way. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about what, I th- what we think of the meaning of that and all that as we, as we get there. But, um, of course, the hubris of this white supremacist dickbag is he gets in the chamber, he turns on the thing, and as this happens, of course, Lady True's big orb thing that's been floating out from the, the, the clock tower thingamabob uh, teleports everyone and she comes in, it's kind of weird, and like, you know, like Lady True's there, everyone's in a haze. It takes like a few seconds, for even, but I think before the audience, as in us, realize that we've even teleported. Because it's like, wait, are we outside? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what just happened? Because we were in like a, a building a minute ago, and now, now we're outside. Um, but I love when, because eventually Lady True's like, where's Senator Kane? Oh, is he in there? Oh dear. And she goes over and just opens the door and there's just this pool of blood and ooze yeah. just comes out. I was out. hoping for goo, but I was satisfied by the pool of blood. And I, I love... Like, Come on, be goo, be goo. <laughs> I love when it hits Laurie's shoe and she like, sort of kicks like a, a chunk of something away and she's like, ugh! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I love just how much of a laughing stock this made him. I, it, it was so satisfying. Oh yeah, me too, me too. It was It was such a nice... I don't know, like... I, I love also that Angela is like, okay, I would rather like put my guns up and deal with you guys than Lady True because you guys are a joke and I can <laughs> handle a joke. But I don't know if I can handle Lady True if she gets like her way. Because yeah, Lady True wants. Because to... Lady True wants to do this herself. She wants to become Manhattan. She she explains that yeah, like you didn't filter the energy before you took it in, so of course that was going to make you pop. <laughs> like, that's basically what was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, she, And that's what makes him look so silly. It's like, no, this is just the simple science. You were always going to she die. died in his stupid underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so good. After insulting Angela Abar, of all people. But because the blood goes into the, the, the cage, Manhattan touches it and teleports Vite, teleports... Uh, Laurie, Laurie and uh, Looking Glass. And actually, this, this just, I, mean, I just realized I glossed over the scene where uh, Vite is with them and he goes to talk to the newsstand guy, the news agent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, he's li- and he's like, hey, you look like, uh, you look like that Ozymandias guy, you have Vite. Uh, close enough to do parties, at least. He's like, oh, here, what is everyone? <laughs> just, uh, if you don't mind me to ask you now, what, what does everyone think of him these days? Because like, you know, he's been gone for like you know, 10 years. And he's like, oh, no one cares. He's old news. <laughs> No one gives a shit about him. Um, and it's like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I mean, that happens. Like, I try, sometimes I try to think, or like, uh, there'll be like a 10th anniversary of something that happened in the news. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that guy. He was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Because, you know, when news happens so much, and especially in today's world, like, like news from yesterday feels like it came it was from like four months ago yeah now t- t- time has a really weird way of warping like i feel that way with movies all the time let's like, see last year when i realized dark knight was turning 10 years old i was like wait what what <laughs> what <laughs> sure or like even movies that i try to re- like remember i saw over the summer like that was the summer <laughs> I thought that was two weeks ago. Uh, so that's a great little scene uh, with him getting a little humble pie, uh, and it's worth mentioning. Lady True's daughter knows that she's her mother now. That's a weird sentence. That's a really weird sentence to say out loud, but <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. Uh, so I, I do love that when Laurie's waking up, um, like Vite's just kind of over, like ah, <laughs> what a pleasant surprise. It's just like <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that her true? reaction is bite am i dead <laughs> <laughs> so they get teleported off by manhattan to to the antarctic base to uh, vite's place and they're like why did the teleporters here why why us and vite immediately goes to save the day of course <laughs> and he just starts like you know hitting buttons like when was the last psychic incursion when was the last you know the squids and of course like looking glass who keeps track of this thing is like uh, it was two weeks ago in Tulsa. He's like, ha ah, yes. Um, and, you know, obviously, like, he's like, hey, you murdered three million people. He's like, yes, I saved the planet. What are you talking about? <laughs> he's just, he's... I saved the planet, and I'm about to do it again. <laughs> yeah, and, but my favorite little touch here was when Laurie... my brother. Laurie says something, and he looks at him and goes, you knew? Like, did, it tell, did everyone in the FBI know? And everybody's like, you're in the FBI? <laughs> 
<laughs> There's everything about the hunter. <laughs> everything about these exchanges just worked for me so much. Oh, so so much. It was so. I don't know. As like such a, a fan of the comic book, it was just like, yeah, like these two should have a moment together. And, they should, yeah. But it's also an emergency situation. So I'll take what I can get. But I loved every second of it. No, real good. I I am. Um... Obviously, the, the line surely emotion this episode obviously goes to Manhattan and Angela and that, that stuff. But like, oh, I, yeah. I I think they, they, these characters do get some nice fun stuff to send off. Even though I think like the main parts of their plot are kind of done um, by this point. But uh, obviously, they've got one final beat with uh, Ozymandias and a lot. But fact, we'll just talk about that now because we'll, 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 we'll do that and then go back. So after they help with the situation, then we'll you know, we'll get to that, which they do by freezing the squid before they land, so that as as Vite puts it, it's like a minigun raining down from the heavens. He's, yeah, it's a Gatling gun from the. Yeah, and he said, and he says it's like a five block radius, and I'm like, wait a minute, five blocks is relatively sized. There's going to be some innocent people in five blocks. <laughs> Well, they said, like, I hope there's no one you care about. And, of course, both of them look each other, like, Looking Glass and Lori look at each other like, well, shit, we care about Angela. Yeah. And they call her through the Manhattan phone. But actually, I, did, I will say, I thought it was odd that when uh, Kane mentions that Angela, like, the t- uh, the, you know, that, oh, I'm sorry that I took your husband or whatever, that I really felt like there should be a shot of Lori's reaction to that. You yeah, know? I guess so. Like, I was waiting for the shot of Laurie being like, wait, Cal? Or just Laurie acknowledging that he is, that Cal is also mm. uh, Manhattan. Because both of them are looking at their former lover. Like, she looks at him and sees John as the blue man. And Angela's looking at him and she sees Cal there. And they're both there. Mm. But, although, I mean, Angela, I know, sees, sees John also. And she calls him John. But, like... You know, he still has the the look of Angela's lover for the last ten years. Yeah, I mean, they were married as well. We can just call him her husband. I mean, <laughs> but but more than just lover. Like they had a yeah, life, yeah, they yeah. had kids, they had a, you know they had a house. Like, you know, right, was... you're, you're right. I I just wanted like a comparison yeah. to to um, you know, they both see the same uh, romantic partner. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like. Obviously, this stuff's great, and like Angela, like kneels down and says, "You know, why did you send them away?" And he explains it, and then then she says, well, "Why didn't you send me with them?" And he looks at her and says, "Because I don't want to be alone when I die." Yeah, and, that got me pretty good. And their their love theme, the piano theme, which, which was heavily introduced last episode, uh, started playing, and I'm like, "Oh God!" Like they're actually making me care about his death, and there's kind of this beautiful sort of element of sacrifice to it. Like we're, and it's kind of like I mean I don't know the show's not going into a, to a super amount of detail, but it, it, like you know I was saying here last week like maybe the idea is that maybe Manhattan as powerful he is shouldn't exist because it's too dangerous because of the people who will try and take it, um and you know like if it felt like there was an element of sacrifice to this which I really liked, um of course we have to mention the laser beam death of all the Cyclops members, um as as, as part of the deal for help you know for well helping her with all this stuff she has to kill all the Cyclops. And she's like making a. Little, she's got like a little bit of paper that the bill's written a little speech, and eventually it's uh, it's Jane who's like, uh, uh, oh, just do it. We don't want to hear she your speech. She pulls the Lori, right? She did the Lori Blake move from last time. Yeah, yeah. She's um, like, don't just spare, spare me your speech, and just you're gonna kill us, aren't you? <laughs> and then she goes, oh, yes. And then I love everyone's reaction. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, she presses a button oh, and then we're all gonna die. All these like laser beams that are pointing because they've already be, they've been there the whole scene like pointing into the sky like it's those kind of sort of like light yeah. show you'd get like a concert or something. And then I just I just love that how you know they're talking brave, but when they actually do have to face death, they're all cowards. Yeah, and then the laser beams <laughs> come down and they all they all pop. It's, it's almost as if Manhattan himself popped them. That's what it looks like when the laser beams hit them. Uh, they all pop. Uh, it's almost like she built these laser beams to mimic Manhattan because that's what she's, you know, aspiring to be. She wants to be the new Manhattan. She wants to be Lady Manhattan. Yep. So, uh, she's going to her chamber, and the plan, of course, is for the 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 frozen squid to annihilate everything. Uh, and Angela has to run with like a case above her head to get to the cover. And I I I actually noticed earlier in the scene that the theater was there because I, I remember the kids go, you know, they were beamed to the theater downtown. Uh, so she runs to the theater. Uh, Lady True's hand has a hole in it. Like, 
She's she's in, in the chamber. She's ready to go, and then there's just like pretty brutal. Through, and there's like, oh, my hand has a hole in it, and you know she gets crushed. The entire structure that's above her falls on top of her, and once again, Vite has saved the day. Vite has saved the day. Uh, so we'll go back, go back to Vite and those guys first, just to kind of wrap up their side of the plot here, because they have uh, a great scene where he, he shows them out to kind of like the the storage area, and he's like, there it is, and it's, it's Archie, it's the actual old ship from from Watchmen. And Laurie, again, Laurie's reaction was really delightful. It was like, oh, hey, Archie. And he's like, and as I understand it, uh, your police have all modeled theirs after this, so you should know how to fly it, right? And he's like, yep, I do. I mean, they really tied up all loose ends, like just with one line of dialogue, like, here and there throughout the episode they're like oh remember this thing yep we have an answer for that too <laughs> excuse me i don't recall any answers for lube man oh i was going to bring that up at the end but yeah i needed more lube man i am i feel I... betrayed season two baby season two season is lube man's year baby yes <laughs> lube man's revenge <laughs> You were too busy dealing with the white supremacists and the, the crazy, like, uh, rich chick, the rich, rich scientist. You forgot to, you, you underestimated. You forgot about me. The lube. The lube, the, lube. the greatest mastermind of all. <laughs> Every time you think you've caught him, he slips right out your fingers. <laughs> Come on, Ryan Coogler. Give us a story about lube, <laughs> I don't know if Ryan Coogler's who I want to do the Lib Man story, admittedly. I mean, he's great, but... <laughs> I feel like, I feel like Tarantino could do Lib Man justice. He has the wit for it. If there was a team-up. <laughs> Tarantino and Coogler. The greatest team-up in the world, and I could die after that. <laughs> that would be the last thing I'd ever needed to see. So... um. So Vice like saying, oh, it was, it was fun catching up, Laurie, ta-ta. And then she's like, no, wait a minute, you killed three million people, you're under arrest. And he's like, ah, you almost had me there for a second. She's the greatest vigilante hunter they have yeah. now. So. He's like, no, I'm being serious. They're like, well, I saved the planet. And you don't have any evidence. And then out from the side, looking lash just pulls out a disc and he's like, actually, I've got a confession of you telling Robert Redford that you did all this. Uh and he's about to make a big grand speech and Looking Glass just knocks him over the back of the head. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. it's, I think what's, what's fun about this is that I do think that, that Vite, because, cause it, cause it, I mean, it, we kind of glossed over it, but there was this great speech as he was like gearing up the squid where he's explaining why she has to be stopped, why Lady True like can't become this because she thinks she, she's like, she, she has a God complex She thinks and she's going to be dangerous because of it. And all the time I was thinking, you realise you're also kind of talking about yourself, but at the end of it, he finally said, it takes one to know one. And it, it, it almost felt like, in a way, he had learned a lesson. Like there was growth yeah. in Vite over these years and over like what he'd done in the past, even though he still thinks he did the right thing. I mean, I mean, because John, I mean, he knows who John Osterman is, and he knows John Osterman's like origin and who he was before he became Dr. Manhattan. And John Osterman did a lot for the world or for America. And then eventually he just kind of got bigger than humanity and abandoned it and became a god, like a, a real god. But I mean, until the events of this show, of course. And um, I can't imagine. Vite not having the idea of becoming a Dr. Manhattan himself. Like, if it could be done a second time, I imagine that Vite would have at least tried to, except only stopping himself because he knew that it would ultimately be a bad thing. Yeah, he has, he has enough foresight to at least predict that. I think what's so great about the, the way it's tied up a lot of these plots, if you look at this episode and how it's wrapped up a lot of stories, I think Vite's a really interesting one because if you think about what his story's been as he's been trapped on Europa all this time, he was literally, like, he all, he basically made himself imprisoned by creating this, like, version of Phillips that would hunt him. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like deep down he actually does think he, he deserves to be in prison, like, on some subconscious level. And ultimately, he's going to get that now. He's going to get what he really deserves for what he did. Um, but he did get, you know, he says he wanted like, the one true, like, you know, worldly adversary, and he got that in his daughter. He had a worldly adversary yeah. that he, he was able to beat. That is the one thing that he's like, I mean, I guess that going off of what I just said before about Vite is that the one thing that maybe would stop him from also becoming Manhattan is the idea that he could be better than Manhattan. And he did <laughs> best him. 
So <laughs> that's true. That's true. As a human. So, so I, yeah, that, that, you're right. That's what he wants all along is just to be, well, just that, to be the, the best. That's where the Lex Luthor so be number one. Yeah, that's where the, the Lex Luthor parallels come in. Is everything you just mm-hmm. said there is this idea that no, I'm the Superman, and then you show up, your stupid alien, and just all have all these powers. No, I'm meant to be the one they're but all if worshiping. But I can best you and yeah. trick you and defeat you, then I don't need to be a god. I'm I as a man am better than a god. Again, yes, again, it's that hubris. Like you know, I don't need to be a god, and even Batman's in in a sense guilty of that to an extent. Obviously, he's much healthier than Lex Luthor is, but <laughs> well, open for debate. But I suppose, but um, he wouldn't kill three million, with the exception of a Zack Snyder version of it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Zack Snyder's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> hey Clark, I've got this idea: giant alien squid. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> the lesser of two weevils. Uh, so. So all that stuff I really liked. That was kind of the wrap up of their plot, and like we say, Angela runs to the. Actually, before that, we have to talk about the death of Manhattan. We haven't even talked about that moment before she runs off. Um, oh my god! Yeah, what a uh, moment. Yeah, it's so beautiful because he he's talking to her and she's kind of talking to him and he's in pain. He's, he's you know the, the energy's kind of like pulling him apart, and you know like uh, beautiful music's playing, the piano music's playing, and he says you know like because she says where are you right now, and he says I'm living every moment we ever had together. And it was like, oh, <laughs> which I cried. Is that not a representation of the classic "Your life flashes before your eyes"? Yes, but I mean, he's had a longer life than just with him and Angela. He chose to. I mean, even when Laurie was right in front of him, he still chose the last ten years to reflect on. I get it. I said my this... dog was right next to me, and I gave her a big hug after. Oh, <laughs> see, see um, last week. Last week I talked about how the humanity they're putting into Manhattan and this idea that he tried to be separate but ultimately came back for love. Um, mm-hmm. There's a kind of a beautiful. It's like okay, you're saying there's no like there's no like free will to an extent, or, or like destiny's written in stone because it was always going to happen. But I think there's something beautiful about he was always going to like sacrifice everything for ten years of love. Like he was always going to give give up everything for that because it was worth having. Um, and there's some beauty in that, and the beauty of it, like yeah, and just like when he said last week that the love that was infinite on Europa from these beings that he'd created was was meaningless. But love from someone that wouldn't last did matter mm-hmm. and did give it effect. And you know, it's this beautiful moment as he dies, and Angela runs off uh, during the storm of the. The, the frozen squid and she comes... breaks too we don't we don't see angela break very often oh she does yeah she, she usually breaks when she does she's just putting on a show or it's just something she turns off right away but this really breaks mm. her and that i think because i we know that about angela's character it kind of broke me as well yeah it was real yeah it was it was absolutely real uh and she gets into the the theater and will sitting there the kids are all asleep on the stage and will uh sort of you know they have a, a chat about kind of like he's like is he gone and he's like i'm sorry but he was a good man and you know he he told me that you know i had to make sure he you know i had to pose this idea to lady true like it wasn't like will was a dick because i was thinking this while when he was dying i was thinking well this was a deal between lady true and will will kind of comes off looking kind of bad here that he you know let all the you know he kind of initiated all this but him saying no manhattan knew this was going to happen and made sure i did it uh you know takes away some of that that blame that you may otherwise have and it's just you know and as he's t- he's like hey did you take my pills and she's like yeah and we see like quick flashes of the nostalgia flashbacks uh, as he's talking about becoming hoodie justice and how you know you know i thought i was angry when i had the hood on but it was actually fear it was fear mm-hmm. and um again the music's coming back in and it's this idea of we can't wear masks and it, it's beautiful that when they come out the theater after this like uh like uh the, you know red scare and the, the other women have got their masks off like everyone's you know being who they really are again and yeah and i have to say i love the music what was the song on the scene oh what a beautiful morning yes. <laughs> it's from oklahoma it's the opening song of oklahoma. i i do you know what <laughs> i know that song i never knew it was from a, like a musical yeah well that was the musical that we opened on oh i know in, i know uh, in in the the series and of course they end it with the probably the most well-known one other than the oklahoma song hmm. um i would say it's more well-known than oklahoma song because i don't know the oklahoma song but i know oh, what a glorious okay. morning. 
you don't know it no i don't think that one uh, translated to other countries that <laughs> i suppose no, yeah no. you're right oh what a beautiful morning is. yeah no, no no one else cares about oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> sorry to say uh but you know so so it's like she offers to me stay for a couple of days uh, you don't have to go back to the motel you can come come live with us and they take the kids away um and th- this was a really honest conversation it was like all the history coming back and he even says you know I, I, this is the same seat i sat in a hundred years ago right before my parents died right before and do you remember how we made the parallels to krypton and superman like way back in episode one about how he was like set off yeah. as, as if he was on the rocket ship and his world was being destroyed like him recounting yeah. that, like here, really made me think about that again. It made me think and of like also Angela. Her origin story was when her world was destroyed by her parents being taken. Oh, away. of course. But the reason why it made me think of it is because when he's talking about this and talking about sort of living up, living for them and doing everything for them, it makes me think of Superman because when Superman like talks about Krypton, a place that he doesn't even remember because he was just a baby. Like it's always about honoring and respecting the legacy of it and like what they, they mm-hmm. stood for and kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. It really, it really Worf has that too. Had to make a Star Trek <laughs> reference, didn't we? Worf grew up on Earth with humans, with the Rojankos. But, I mean, because of his Klingon heritage, he always researched and uh, even his parents, the Rajen- his foster parents, the Rojankos on Earth, would still like teach him the ways of the Klingon, which actually ultimately leads him to being a better Klingon than most Klingons because they've forgotten their ways and Worf has studied them thoroughly from childhood. So, yep. Very, uh, very clear parallels, I think. I'm going to stick with Superman given that Watchmen was a, was a satire of superheroes in the first place. But yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Anyway, there's your reference from the hit television show, Star Trek The Next Generation. <laughs> I'll get one in later, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Uh, so you know we get this this beautiful moment of them all walking out together uh she actually takes them to her hideout and like, the kids even see like, the boy the older boy sees her outfit and it's very reminiscent yeah. of when when uh, will's son uh, saw the outfit uh, that he wore and he was kind of transfixed by it and i, I kind of was getting vibes of that here where like the you know because angela kind of looks at him like and kind of size a little bit it's like oh maybe maybe this is not an influence i actually want him to take maybe this is not a path it's, true. it's I- I think it's consistent with her with their character though, because mm. both her and Cal, when when Manhattan was Cal, like any time the kids ask a question, they always answered honestly, like very honestly. And this is like the kids said, "I, I see Manhattan, but he looks like Cal." They're like, "Yep, that's him." Yeah. And now it's just like, well, we have all other these other questions, and now there's nothing else. It's just here, here it is. Here's who I am. Here's yeah. who cal really was and but it obviously it ties into the idea of like no the masks are are are, are being scared and they make people cruel and like mm-hmm. so not it's not only just about taking the mask off in front of everyone else taking it off in front of our own kids our own family is important it's you know it's kind of the most important people they take it off in front of so oh you know when something we forgot also oh yeah when uh the seventh cavalry was vaporized the original senator keen was also there <laughs> <laughs> that's right the one who said that uh, mass vigilanteism is illegal so he got vaporized <laughs> isn't that fun i'm assuming the law still stands but like it was uh i don't know it was a nice little touch oh, yeah so yeah they, they go home and there's obviously a small moment again when she was talking to him on the theater where he brings up uh like oh it takes a few eggs you know you crack a few eggs to make a an omelet and She's like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? He's like, well, he said you know when the time is right. I guess the time isn't right. And so she goes home, and it's after she's put the kids to bed. She she comes in to the kitchen, and the the, the the eggs that were you know thrown down by her last episode are sitting on the kitchen. And the way it sort of lingers on them as she's starting to clean them up, I'm like, okay, she's going to realize something in a moment. There's about to be a, gl- a big moment here. And there's one egg that's not smashed. Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean, the episode even flashes back to make it very clear. Like, you know, remember last episode when they had the conversation mm-hmm. about the egg? We were and, speculating about this too. Yeah. Like and, he said, I'm hungry. I'm going to make waffles. Like, I wonder if he's going to pass on the, the yeah. powers. And he, you know, he, he's made this egg. Uh, in theory, like someone could eat it. And specifically the thing she asked in, in that scene last episode was, so if I, you know, eat this thing or consume your powers, like I could walk on water. And he's like, theoretically. 
Uh, see, as soon as like it, it sort of posed that question and reminded me of that that question, you know, I could walk on water, and she started like taking off like her shoes or whatever. I was like, I know exactly when this is going to cut to black. I know exactly <laughs> when this is ending because she goes outside I also to the pool. Had my <laughs> and I'm not complaining. Like, I'm not complaining. I think this is such a smart place to end it. Um, I would maybe do the same thing. I have to admit. I mean, there's a temptation to give you that glory shot of her standing on water and being like, and like ending it in like a funny beat where she goes like, "Oh, feff," you know, like, like and just swears at herself. Um, <laughs> Mother ever. <laughs> but she goes out to the edge of the pool, rolls up her her, her trousers cracks the egg eats it raw which is disgusting by the way uh, and that then is. and then she and there's a close-up of the foot going down and touch the water and i'm like as soon as it touches the water as soon as the the, the, the foot is flat on the water it's going to cut to black and it did and i'm like you sons of bitches you absolute sons of bitches but i respect it because i and would do the no, same like, thing resistance you don't see any like foot like stopping it's just you yeah yeah it's, <laughs> it's the perfect moment it's the perfect moment so you don't know like is, does she have the powers of manhattan or doesn't she i mean she's not blue she i mean it's, she's, I mean, not, she's not blue and they only specifically brought up her saying can i walk on water so maybe that's the only power that he passed on yeah maybe it's the idea that like, yeah manhattan is too powerful so maybe here's only just a small amount but there's a lot of talk in this episode of like all the things manhattan maybe could have done and didn't like you know take away all the nuclear weapons uh clean you know, up the air yeah uh, yeah that's true but he didn't um so lady true says she's going to do it but we know that if she really had ultimate power with her mind she would not use it for good she I doesn't mean, care about humanity she might do those for things first and then the bad stuff will start yeah yeah she's like hey look and at me i'm so good yeah uh so no re- really really great ending i think this episode surprisingly well wrapped up like all the threads that were important with the exception of lube man We never got any Lube Man answers. I want more Lube. I I was expecting him to like save the day. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, th- I thought he was going to slay that that cage with Manhattan and pull him out or something. I thought... <laughs> something. Slap, like slide out of an air vent. <laughs> so really small. <laughs> I love the idea that like I can I can envision if I was making like a movie with Lube Man, here's here's your big action scene, right? It's kinda like that scene in the Matrix Road where he's fighting a bad guy on a truck, right? And there's gonna be a bridge that's really low down and there's only a small mm-hmm. gap and Lube Man just lies flat because he knows he's got his lube, right? But the other guy tries to do it as well, and the other guy gets like sort of like like the, the top layer of his body gets like ripped off, but Lube Man just slides on through under the bridge like it's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like um uh, the best thing about like the 90s Jackie Chan movies were always the bloopers oh, and sure. there was this great one in one of his films where he kept trying to slide through like a bank teller window where it's really small where you hand the change over through and stuff and um, and he kept missing so he would like ah ah I'm like I bet Lube Man can make it first try <laughs> Lube Man's kind of like Jackie Chan <laughs> <laughs> but with even more grace oh clearly i mean we've only seen him one time oh he's got to abandon the van the fanny pack <laughs> but that's where he keeps his spare lube i know he's got to have a better way i mean fanny packs are trying to make a comeback here like i think ironically in the states right now and i am just not on board with it sure i remember there was a time when i was in high school and i remember like for some reason like i saw a lot of people wearing ponchos for a while and i don't know what mm-hmm. i was all of a sudden for some reason there was all these people my age wearing ponchos and i'm like why are people wearing ponchos well Stop clearly this. because it's very convenient to wear a blanket <laughs> but the fanny pack i'm not on board and they don't wear it like around their waist they wear it like like across like a I don't know, like an ammo strip <laughs> or something. Yeah. Fanny, I'm not on board. I'm just going to make that statement right now. Yeah, Fanny, 
I don't know if fanny packs were ever a big thing in the UK. If they were, I'm pretty sure they were called something different. Because the word fanny here means something very specific that would not fly uh, in general I'm surprised you haven't been giggling this whole time I've been saying fanny pack. I think <laughs> I'm just used to it be called a fanny pack enough that it's not making me giggle. But uh, fanny is a is a is a insulting way of saying vagina in the UK, okay? It's not as harsh as the C word, but it is uh, definitely not well, You guys pleasant. use that a lot. I mean, some, some UKers use that a lot, a lot. That's true. That's true. Not as much as Australia, though. I, I'm not saying you do. <laughs> um, see, see, see if there was no swearing restrictions, I, I guarantee you Connor would be dropping them left and right. <laughs> everyone <laughs> everyone would hate us. They would think, oh, he's too full-mouthed. I can't, I can't be around him. Um, but hey, here we are. Uh, so, no, Watchmen Finale was basically just about everything it needed to be and i'm impressed with this really self-contained season that told a, a full story and it's funny because just with the, this, man. With the exception of Lube, man but it's just funny because this last couple of weeks i've been complaining about franchises coming back and i think i have to add this season of watchmen to the list of exceptions where it actually yeah. kind of lived up and justified its own existence because it it, t- it took the, the, the like you said the spirit of watchmen and applied modern ideas to it, modern not even modern issues because these, these things have always been issues i mean as clearly shown in the uh all the flashbacks <laughs> to, to, to various time periods but yeah um by really hitting them um and i think that that flashback episode and the manhattan episode are two of the best episodes of television that i've seen yeah i, I think my favorite was episode eight last week's I, I think the manhattan episode is like up there with some of the, the like uh, me and carl will be doing our, our 10 best episodes of the year soon and that will mm-hmm. that will definitely be fighting for a spot and well this is the weird thing. Like in the past, we've done a combined list, but honestly, we've watched so much different TV this year that I think we're going to have to do separate lists. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because otherwise, we're going to come to blows. It's because you're like, well, I've not seen that. Well, tough. It's better than your stupid Clone Wars episode. I know, and this is the year of Chernobyl. So, like, what is he not going to do? I, <laughs> you're I not going to have Chernobyl on there? <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have Chernobyl. Yeah, HBO killed it this year. HBO had a good year. HBO had a good year. Uh, should be an interesting next year. Um, Curb's coming they back. The final season of Veep and Silicon Valley, two of the best comedies that they've ever done. Yeah, they've got that sci-fi comedy. Those, but they're great. Yeah, so that sci-fi comedy from Ian Itchy starting uh, with Hugh Laurie. Um, that Stephen King adaptation starting in January, which I think me and Connor will be trying, and we'll see how it is, but I mean, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. You and Tim aren't going to do it? He's a Stephen King super fan. He is, but you know, Tim. Tim's only got so much time, and I, I make him do a lot of work for streams, so, <laughs> so yeah. he gets a pass. Uh, but I mean, Carl, I'll try and see how it is, um, and I'm sure there'll be other stuff throughout the year. Um, uh, Westworld's coming back next year, of course, which obviously me and Connor have done uh, the last two seasons, so that's exciting. Um, and I'm sure there'll be something at some point that tempts Tara back into a TV review. Um, <laughs> that's true. I'm uh, sure it happens. I mean, if nothing else, Rachel's Gemstone season two should probably uh, happen <laughs> by the end of next year. But um, yeah, I don't know how good comedies are for review, but maybe. Did thought... anybody watch Rachel's Gemstone? <laughs> <laughs> people, people were asking about them. I used to, I used to get asked every uh, Monday, like when the review was coming, because we usually didn't do them until Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. demand. Because I have busy schedule on mondays and sometimes tuesdays <laughs> yes which, which is why although that said we're getting this watchman review in earlier it's not that wasn't even planned this was a kind of spur of the moment thing oh hey we can record no i happened to be home early and i thought i'm gonna watch watchman and then yeah you sent me a text saying that you just finished like two minutes before i finished the the episode so i thought well screw it let's just review it it was destiny. although i will admit normally i like to watch it twice because it's kind of a layered show mm-hmm <laughs> But that's all right. It's fresh on the mind. Yeah. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I always watch Mr. Robot twice and take notes on my second viewing. But next week when the double finale, and it's a double finale, right? Not just one episode. is the same day that we have to record an extra episode of the comics podcast with Matt because there's like double books like next week. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I'm going to get to watch it twice next week. And I'm, I'm really upset about it, but I'll, I'll just have to try and see what just I can take do. Take notes the first time. I'll find a way. I'll just usually I like to leave a gap between the viewings. I may just have to like watch it and then immediately put it back on and start taking my notes like right away. <laughs> just just go for it. Uh, but anyway, that that has been the Watchmen finale. Uh, extremely well done uh, as a season of TV. Uh, very satisfying. It'll be up there with some of the best of the year. 
in, in terms of what it's done. Um, yeah. If you know people who said no to the show because they're Watchmen purist, mm. convince them that it is worth going to watch. <clears throat> worth, worth the time. Yes. <laughs> 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 I was saying you as in the, yes, uh, yes. the audience, you, but also you, Peter, if you know anyone. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so so there's no no planned uh, TV, like, ongoing TV. Obviously, Tara reviews Ace, uh, sci-fi movies on the Ace with me every week, and we do that classic Twilight Zones. Um, no planned right now for another modern TV show. I'm sure one will pop up eventually, um, mm-hmm. because it's actually kind of nice to have someone uh, different for some of these meteor shows. Um these more in-depth ones where you can easily go an hour on each episode because there's so much going on in them because uh, it's some of the most fun shows to talk about like as much as i can yeah. get a kick out of talking about i don't know risen dion on netflix or whatever like the more interesting stuff is stuff like this and mr robot and and westworld and whatever the stuff where you're kind of piecing things together and theorizing and talking about themes and talking about mm-hmm. how things relate to each other uh, and this was wonderful uh, i really i really like, I was expecting it to be good. I don't think I was expecting it to be this good. The show? No. The show, definitely yeah. not. Like I I mean, I know it's HBO, but and they rarely have misses, but they do sometimes miss. You know, uh and I mean I've never seen ballers, but I just assume it's a miss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like I like, it was so it was such a fun puzzle and the themes were were heavy but and and mattered and relevant and um i mean it's pro- possibly the best retcon that i've ever seen where with hooded justice like making him a black man who was lynched and that's why he wears the noose around his neck uh maybe the greatest retcon of all time to be honest yeah what was so what was so funny is that um like a lot of what this show is doing is the sort of thing that Alan Moore may actually really respect. <laughs> like, I feel there's like... There's no I, way he watched it. There's no, there's no way I mean, he did, he but... he probably hate-watched it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if Alan Moore hate-watches things. I think Alan Moore's the sort of guy who just, like... He's basically Vite. I can see... But his existence right now is, like, on Europa, just, like, on his own with, like, a bunch of clones. Like, I can see Alan Moore having that existence. A bunch of really hairy clones. <laughs> Even the women. <laughs> well, the power comes from the beards. <laughs> That's where all of his power comes from. Long fingernails typing up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one upside to us uh, finishing Watchmen, though, not having any other TV uh, for us to do on a weekly basis, is that if you are a fan of the Atomic Cinema Experiment, um, it should mean a more consistent return of Mystery Science Theater on a regular basis. Uh, yeah, that's true. Which is cool. So you can look forward to that if you're a fan of those on that show, which I've obviously mentioned a couple of times now. So go, if you like sci-fi movies, you like me and Tara talking to each other about stuff, uh, go check out that podcast. Um, and I'm actually, the one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to catch up. I'm going to watch season 9 of Curb over Christmas so that I can watch season 10 as it airs because I know you're going to watch it. And I'm, I'm not going to review it because it's a comedy. It's not going to make for a review. But I feel like there'll probably be the odd little reference that will sneak into the other stuff <laughs> from the new season of Curb, is my, my yeah, guess. Yeah, but I, I, I doubt it would be a reference that hasn't been in the first nine seasons of Curb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Tara, what did you think of this movie? It was pretty, pretty. Pretty, pretty. Pretty good. You have no idea, yeah, how many times in my life I've wanted to do that stare. The stare. And I, I, I hear the wazoo or whatever it is, the do 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 like as he's staring someone down anyway we're talking about things that aren't relevant now uh that is watch for the season finale let us know what you think of the, the finale and the season as a whole in the comments uh feel free to gush i am in, i'm i think the most impressive thing i am about the last couple of episodes especially is that it was a really good like sort of mystery show with all these things going on what's impressed me about these last two even compared to my expectations just going into these last couple you know versus the season that i'd already seen was just how good the emotional side of it was because up until the mm. last two i don't think i felt emotional about things i felt like they were good and it was doing really intense stuff or doing really good like uh like social commentary and all these different things but these last two mm-hmm. really hit the emotional chords and i wasn't expecting that so props i can tell you what's surprising about this review is that it reminds me of my, my mother's on the phone with her mom and like after about an hour of talking, she goes, okay, bye mom. Because she's ending the call. And then they go on for another 30 minutes because they forgot to talk about stuff. And then she goes, okay, bye mom. And then there's another 15 minutes. And then she goes, okay, bye mom. I gotta go. And there's another 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm saying that every time you try to end this, uh, 
review. <laughs> All of a sudden, you have more to say about the episode. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I feel like you're equally guilty of bringing up another point after I've started to wrap things up. I suppose I just gave an example of that, yes. yes. So don't paint me as the... But you're right. Very emotional. Very funny, also. Very funny, also, yes. yes. Uh, so... By all means, let us know what you think of the episode and the season in the comments. Like and subscribe and ding the bell on YouTube for the notifications. Those, those things all help, as does, of course, sharing us on social media. You can get us on Twitter, email underscore fuzz, and I just said that. Never mind. There's <laughs> a glitch in the matrix. Um, you can also, of course, support us by rating the audio podcast and Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. That helps out a lot because uh, people find us more easily that way because they'll, they'll sort of recommend us and things like that. Uh, you can support us financially. Tara, how can they do that? Well, you could check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash TV and donating as low as a dollar per month will get you bonus episodes of shows we do, including The Ace, which has been brought up already. You can check out bonus episodes of Time Cop, The Transfer Saga, Judge Dread, Rotor, um, big every, one. Every time you say Transfer Saga, I just, I giggle a little bit inside because <laughs> Saga... <laughs> Actually, I made that a thing because this became a trend on our bonus Patreon episodes of, of Ace. I may even start doing it in the regular ones, actually. Uh, as I read the back of the like the Blu-ray box for Transfers because the description was so like like full of lies <laughs> in terms of what the movie was. And I did it on uh, the streams that I just did with Tim yesterday, the, the bonus one. I was like, you know, this is a shitty movie from the 80s. I, I really want to read what they said in the box. And... Um, so I may, I may start doing that more regularly. There's no way it was as good as the transfers or was, transfers too. It was surprisingly honest, and given how weird that movie gets, it's kind of impressive to be honest. Because uh, okay. it, you know, it, it brought up that the elves. That should be part of our review. Is just reviewing the back of the Blu-ray. It should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there was no Blu-ray. I had to find like the old like VHS box on the, online to look at it. But. <laughs> Yes. And people say we don't do research. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is us. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? <laughs>